What is Montrospective? It's what we say to ourselves and our attitude towards it. We repeat mantras over and over again to ourselves. If we're doing it right, they're positive, not negative. What we say affects our attitude and our point of view. We all have dreams and goals, but how many of us know where to start to make them happen? I am fascinated by everyday people who are doing extraordinary things, and I wanted to find out why and how they were able to be successful. I spent 16 years in radio, not as a DJ, but as a promotions director. I never had an interest in being front and center or putting myself out there as a personality. Fast forward to today, I have something to say and messages from incredible people to share. Simply put, I am interested. I want to know what propels everyday people to follow their dreams in the hopes that it will inspire you to do the same. We have one life to live. Let's listen, learn, and share our journey with the world. This is Montrospective. Montrospective would like to thank our sponsor. If you're looking for a one-stop shop that offers yoga, meditation, Reiki, readings, and various other classes along with being a metaphysical store, check out Mantra in Blue Springs, Missouri off 7 Highway. Also online at mantrakc.com. It is an absolute privilege to welcome my next guest, a director and executive producer who also happened to be married, and a woman who became the subject of their new feature-length documentary, Bobby Joe Under the Influence, an honest testimony of addiction and one woman's discovery that the only way to save herself is to save others. Shot in my hometown of Kansas City, Bobby Joe Under the Influence is available now on demand in all major platforms, including iTunes, Amazon, and Google Play. Brent and Donna Jones and the incredible Bobby Joe Reed, welcome to Montrospective. Thank you. Glad to be here. I have to share it with the listeners is we're recording this in the middle of the Arctic, what it feels like right now in the Kansas City area. We're going through rolling power outages. Yes. So it's a, it's a crazy, insane time for all of this. And before I dive in, I have to tell the three of you that I was fortunate enough to see the movie over the weekend. And I watched it with my husband. We cried. We laughed. We were in shock and horrified. And at the same time, uplifted and given the gift of absolute hope. Um, I'm so grateful the three of you were able to align to tell Bobby Joe's story because it's an important one that needs to be told. Brent, I'm going to kick it off with you. You're from Kansas City. You grew up here. And it seems like from the research I've done, you were interested in filmmaking early on. Where did that passion come from? Well, I, I, uh, my father had a production company here and he made television commercials. So I grew up doing, you know, working with him, building sets, doing the lighting, working with cameras, doing auditions. I mean, I was auditioning, doing big auditions where, you know, a hundred people would come in and I was 15 years old doing the audition. So I grew up doing it. I mean, it's really kind of what I know how to do. And then I moved to Los Angeles. I was out there for <clears throat> close to 30 years making uh, movies and, and commercials and music videos and things like that, working behind the scenes. And then I put together a directing career and uh, doing mostly television commercials. And you're being somewhat modest because you worked on some of the biggest movies in Hollywood. You worked on Jurassic Park and Jerry Maguire and Minority Report and War of the Worlds. So when he says he was in Hollywood for 30 years, it, it wasn't 
just doing little things. He was doing the big stuff. Um, and when you were doing that, were you still developing your own projects at the time or were you really just a sponge soaking everything in and learning from everybody you were working with? We were always, I mean, I was always putting together, you know, I'd go down to Venice Beach camera and just shoot everybody uh, skateboarding and roller, roller dancing. And you know, I put together all kinds of little videos with, with people on the streets. And I was always putting together little films, uh, you know, with a film camera, with a 16 millimeter film camera, I was putting together films and editing film and, um, you know, from the minute I got out there. And then <clears throat> while I was working to make a living out there, working on the movies and things, I was always putting together, I started putting together television commercials because I thought that would, you know, that would be the way in. And, uh, and it was, so, you know, we just, uh, when I, it's a freelance world, I'd work on a movie for three or four months and then I'd have time off and I'd fill that in with commercials. And then, and then when I wasn't working, I would be doing my own little films. So, You've mentioned you did commercials and you did some for some major brands like Doritos and FedEx, and you even had a WeatherTech commercial in the Super Bowl in 2017. When you see your work, um, do you still have those pinch yourself moments? Like, wow, I did that. That's that's me. Yeah. Well, yeah, I enjoy that. I enjoy the work that I've done, and, and yeah, I like I liked having that. You know, having a career in the film business. It, it wasn't easy getting getting. Uh, getting in you know it was we were when I first moved out there I had a couple roommates and we had a couch and a television and <laughs> we each had like uh, uh, just a mattress on the ground and that's kind of what we did and we were all struggling it didn't feel like we were struggling but we were you know all going in different directions in the film world and um, it was a while before I had uh, a lot of furniture in my house <laughs> Well, so, and that's yeah. what's so interesting about it is I feel like the three of you could have your own individual episodes right now because all three of you are so fascinating with what you've done in your lives that we're trying to condense it down into this hour. So maybe we'll have to have a follow-up sometime because I know there's a lot of people that have those dreams of moving to Hollywood and doing what you've done. And it isn't easy. There is struggle to it. So, you know, Brent, we'll have you back on sometime to go over all of that because I'm fascinated by it. And, and Donna, you're from Canada originally, right? I am. I'm from Vancouver, the West Coast, and I moved to Los Angeles um, in my early 20s. Um, I, I, I'd been warned, actually, from girlfriends to stay away from dating anyone in the entertainment business. It's really funny because um, it just wasn't an industry that I, I grew up with. No one I knew in Canada was in the entertainment business at that time. And um, you know, I was working in construction and, and as a project manager and things like that. And when, um, you know, it's people say, have asked me in the past, you know, how does, how did you guys decide to work together? And I kind of say, you know, when you're trying to put together a career in the film business, it's more of a all hands on deck kind of situation. It's not like you sit and have long discussions about it. You just kind of do what you can. And I use my project management experience to just kind of transfer over to production and just help um, Brent in the projects that he was doing to put together a reel to um, be able to get work as a commercial director. And it was exciting for me. I mean, I didn't come from that world. I had never been on a set before. And, um, and I just was so inspired by so many people that we met along the way that came and worked with us out of our garage. <laughs> um, 
when our babies were little, you know, just trying to put together these, um, these commercials. And, and it was just awesome. It was, we met so many great people, so much great talent. Um, and everybody was just kind of in it to win it and just trying to get something off the ground. And it was a really exciting thing to be a part of. That's actually how I described you and you already described yourself perfectly as the organizational backbone, probably between the two of you on everything. You know, Brent's got the creativity and all of that stuff and you're making it all happen and putting it together. And I love that a married couple can work together like that because a lot of people suggest that that's a bad idea. You just don't do it. And the fact that the two of you can do that, and I'm sure you have your creative differences and all of that, but you know, I, I think that says a lot about your relationship for how long you've been together and raising a family on top of it. That's a lot. <laughs> and in 2017, if I, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's also a blessing. Yeah. I feel like I've been blessed with the ability to stay home and raise my kids while also helping and working um, out of the house and, and being that support system for Brent. Well, and in 2017, you guys decided to move back to Kansas City, but you got this itch. You want to make a movie. So how did you go apart uh, making that process of, of picking out a potential project that you wanted to work on? Yeah, it was a long process. We were looking at, I was calling every writer I knew and saying, hey, listen, I love your, you know, you got any scripts, dig it in and dig in and send me whatever you got. So we read tons and tons of scripts, got it down to about four or five scripts that we really, really liked. And then it's, then you have to start working out. Can we buy that script from you? Can we get that into development? Can we do all this? And, um, you know, then you have to pull a trigger on stuff. And that's about the time, you know, Bobby's Bobby Joe's story fell into our lap. We were like, wait, 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 here's a story. You know, this, this, uh, these thrillers and comedies and stuff are, are pretty good, but they're, they're nothing like this real life story. Well, that's a perfect transition into meeting Bobby Joe. I feel like this word combination has probably been overused with you, but your story is heart-wrenching, but beautiful. It absolutely is. I, as I mentioned, I cried. I felt your struggle. I was inspired and in absolute awe of the amazing woman you are before Brent and Donna hopped on. I was already gushing over you, how you're my new hero and I adore you so much. Um, and I was excited to meet you and talk to you in person about this because your story is nothing short of hard work meets some miracles, Yes, basically. And without giving too much away, you had an extremely hard life. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, I started, uh, I started working a full-time job when I was 12 years old. And coming up, I always had a weight problem and I had a speech impediment as well. And so I had very low self-esteem. When I started working at 12, I, everybody I worked with was older than me. And uh, so I started hanging out with the, uh, my other fellow workers outside of work and they drank. And the first time I took a drink, I was 12 years old and I got drunk. First time I drank, I got drunk. And boy, I thought I had arrived. You know, I thought it made me fit in better. I became a comedian. You know, you're always a better dancer when you got booze in you or you think you are. And um, I thought it just gave me all the confidence that I had been missing my whole life. And so I couldn't wait to do it again and again. And um, I'll just brief over it. I, I lived in a, a family. My dad was a police officer and he always worked two jobs. My mom had undiagnosed mental illness. And we, uh, <clears throat> we lived under the same roof, but it was very uh, siloed. 
everybody had their own thing going on. So it was like nobody was noticing, you know, here I'm this young teenage girl spiraling out of control and nobody seemed to notice because everybody had their own thing going on. We didn't sit down. We didn't eat dinner together. We didn't. My mom was a hoarder too. So we didn't sit down and visit with one another and say, hey, how's your day or what's going on? We didn't have that, which I think is really something that society has lost when we don't have that open communication with one another. Today, everybody's on their cell phone in their own world. So we're still very siloed. But um, so I, I chased that. I mean, uh, when I was 15, I was in a car accident. My back was broken in three places. My neck was fractured. I was in a metal body brace for a year and still drinking every opportunity I had along with the painkillers. And I just kept spiraling out. And uh, I was in my addiction for 22 years. And uh, towards the end periods of that, I ended up homeless. I ended up on the street and being human trafficked. And um, when I would be so beat up from my pimp, uh, I lived under a boxcar parked next, uh, the box like on the back of a semi truck under one of those next to a liquor store downtown because I was too beat up to make any money for him or to uh, work a day labor. And it's just how my life went. And it, you know, I got to a point where I didn't want to even reach out to my family anymore because I was really too embarrassed of what I had become. I mean, a over a year passed without looking in a mirror for, for me because I couldn't look in that mirror to see what was staring back at me. And I became an it. I didn't reach out to family members anymore because I was too embarrassed. And so I thought, well, I'll just do this till I die. And I had no hope. And, um, you know, I got a little saying, I used to be a dope dealer, but now I'm a hope dealer. And that's what we all need. We need hope in our life. And when I was out there, I really felt invisible. And so God just put on my heart. Once I got sober, I went to a free detox with 18 bunk beds in it. And everybody was sick and stinking. And we didn't have toothpaste or toothbrushes or anything to get cleaned up. So when I got out of there, I started, uh, I baked things like banana nut bread, zucchini bread, cookies and stuff. And I would sell them out at this flea market. Well, I started buying little hygiene things and uh, at the flea market with my money from my baked goods. So I'd take any baked goods left and I'd buy little, those little hotel uh, bars of soap, like 10 for a dollar. And so I started taking those things down to the detox where I'd been. And I started giving them to the people and sharing uh, one girl's would always quote and say, you saved my life with the chocolate chip cookie. And she, she was, I remember her, she was in a bed and she was beat severely. And I sat down on her bed and I had some homemade chocolate chip cookies. And I sat there and I gave them to her and I told her what I was doing and how my life was being changed. And it helped her. And she remembered that, that lady that came and sat on her bed and, and gave her something homemade to eat. And Really, that's when something changed in me, helping other people. I had never felt like I had a purpose before, but when I started helping those other people, it really, it made me feel good about myself. 
And then it just became the next right thing to do. And so since that time, that is the definition of my life in Bobby Joe Reed. It's, it's about helping other people, the, the lost and the broken and the hopeless people, uh, because I was one of those people. And um, I can relate to all the people I serve and they can relate to me because I've been there. Here's the really good news. I've, there's been over 8,000 people come through and I haven't met anybody that was as more messed up than I was. So that gives hope for everybody. If I can do it, they can do it. So I don't want to give too much to the movie away, but that's kind of a brief synopsis there. Well, it would have been so easy for you to give up and give in to what you were going through because when people see this movie, it is nothing short of a miracle that you developed that hope that you did and you saw the light at the end of the tunnel and were able to feel, to feel good helping someone else and kind of make that become your drug. Because in 2003, you opened Healing House and you're, you've made that your purpose. You're helping people now. What was that process like for you? And tell people what Healing House is. Okay. So um, when I got clean and sober, I started carrying the message to detox and treatment centers, hospitals, anywhere they'd let me in to talk because I was so excited about what was happening to me. I wanted to share with other people. And I was going to a 12-step program back then. Well, what I figured out is there were 900 women, 900 women going through uh, treatment, a 30-day, 21-day, 30-day treatment program in our city with less than 30 safe beds for them to go when they got out. So that's 870 women every year going right back out to the circumstances from which they come, domestic violence or incest or you know prostitution. And it was awful. And there, people just weren't providing housing for single women. Uh, there were places for women and kids to go because people are compassionate toward, towards children. But it was almost like single women. It's like, you know that old analogy, you made your bed, now you lay in it. That's what I felt society was doing. And so um, I found an old nursing home in the inner city. And uh, I have to tell you, my mom was a hoarder. She passed. I got sober one month to the day of my dad dying. And then my mom passed away of cancer three and a half years later. And it took me... Uh, a year and a half to clean the house out. And then I fixed it all up. And at three and a half years, I was done with the house. And I knew I was supposed to do something to help women. And so when I got done with it, it's like God nudged my spirit and told me, okay, great job. The house looks great. Now sell it and move to the hood. I'm like, pardon me? <laughs> this was three and a half years. But I knew I was supposed to do something. So I was uh, attracted to this old nursing home down in historic Northeast area. And I couldn't even leave a voicemail on the realtor's uh, mailbox on her phone. So one day I was out looking at a house right around the corner from the old nursing home. And um, when I went back out to my car, I had a $50,000 check coming from my inheritance from Edward Jones. And that was the end of my inheritance. Well, I went out to my car. I said, Lord, you know this house sends it right. It's not going to work. It was $150,000. So I said, Lord, when you want me to have something, can you please just drop it in my lap? So I turned the corner and now I'm on the side street of that old nursing home. And the real estate agent is walking up the steps. 
And so I parked my car and I ran up there. It's a 23 room house, right? Uh, it was awful. The windows were knocked out, the doors were kicked in. It was atrocious. And the asking price for this place was $50,000. The same amount I had coming in the mail in two days. And um, so I, and the house wouldn't lock up. So of course I went back later and I put a little picture of Jesus in the, at the center of the house. And I asked him to be the foundation and the center of everything that took place from that day forward. So I worked on that house. I sold my home in Kansas. Two months later, a dope man moves in next door, rubs prostitutes, sells dope. And uh, so I claimed his house and a year and a half later, we got the dope house. And uh, so at this point, so people come to us and basically they don't have anything. Now we help men, we have women, we have men, we have apartment buildings for families. So we've taken 13 abandoned homes or drug houses in our community and we've rehabbed them ourselves. And now they're beautiful homes that people will come into and live while they're getting their life, rebuilding their life. And so it's not just like uh, a place where you can come and sleep. We re really created family. I've created the family that I wanted here for all the people that come through our doors. You have a room that's beautiful and everything matches. And we come together at night and we have prayer and we eat dinner together and we talk. And I'm talking 200 people. We come together and eat dinner and, and share how our day is going. We, we have Bible studies. We have family game night on Saturdays. And so what has happened, this community, when I got here, was crazy. Uh, gunfire, pimps, drug dealers, prostitutes everywhere. And I have to say that good has taken over our community. All of those dark, all those dark things that, you know, the addiction, the prostitution, all of that, the gang activity has really fled our community. But dark and light don't mix, right? So if I go into a dark room and I turn the light on, where does the darkness go? It's gone. And that is what has happened in our community. And so, uh, wow, we, the Lord has just continued to open up my eyes to say what's next, what's next. So we just got a strip mall not long ago and we're putting in businesses there for job training, but they're gonna be businesses that are gonna contribute to our community and help our community as a whole to thrive. And I don't, we don't need another cell phone store or vape shop or a tattoo shop or liquor store. Let's put in some, something that can make people really feel a sense of community. So we opened up a, a community gym a couple months ago. And, you know, I'd never have a boring day. I can tell you that much. Uh, we've had over 8,000 people come through. And God is on the move. And I'm just chubby middle-aged woman. And I'm like the little energizer bunny. I can't wait to see what my day is going to be every day. And I'm just on fire. I get to live my purpose every single day. You gave me chills all over again. I mean, that was even more so than the movie. That's just, oh, there are special people put on earth just like you. And thank God for people like you, because you are changing our community. You are changing so many people's lives. And in the midst of these busy days that you're having, two strangers call you up and say, hey, <laughs> we want to make a movie about your life. Yeah. Was it an immediate yes? Or did you have any reservations about it? 
Immediate yes. Immediate yes. I think if my story, I've seen the power of my story in people's lives. And to be able to put that on a larger scale where it, more people could see it, more people could hear, more people could get healed from it, I'm all about it. Yeah, and it wasn't weird, you know? Uh, people said, did you feel awkward when they were filming you? No, I just kept doing life. And they were like over here doing their thing and I'm here doing my thing. So it was very comfortable. And, you know, I've just fallen in love with Brent and Donna too. They're just amazing people. And we're just like, they're part of our family now. Well, Brent and Donna, this was a huge undertaking for you, not just mentally, but financially. And, you know, quite frankly, from a safety standpoint of making sure your crew and everybody was safe because you're going into a part of town that Bobby Joe has done her best to help revitalize, but there's also still some concerns there. So I know you felt a responsibility to tell her story as accurately as possible. How did that process begin? Well, we just, we did a little bit of interviewing with I, what I did is I saved Bobby Joe's big interview uh, for later on because we knew most of the story and we also saved her speech in front of um, a live audience for later on so we could get the outside you know stories so we could get the story from outsiders point of view or not outsiders but the people that were close to Bobby Joe we wanted to get a lot more information because we didn't know a lot about it so we went out and Bobby Joe introduced, introduced us to a lot of people that had come through Healing House that had put their lives back together. And we wanted to hear their stories. So we went out and gathered their stories and we learned a lot more about Bobby Joe so we could put together more questions for her and Mama Judy. And when we interviewed them and then when we, um, you know, we've, we got a lot of details through other people. And then we went and interviewed Bobby Joe after we had a lot more information. You know, I had a lot more detailed questions to ask after we knew more because we went in only knowing Bobby Joe's story right and but there's a lot more to it her story is huge with all of those people it just goes on and on and on and on so we interviewed about uh, 25 to 30 people and and then had transcripts from all of those interviews and went through those uh, transcripts and highlighted and read and found the the, the best parts and and and, and basically this story started developing around what we knew about Bobby Joe, Bobby Joe's testimony and the process of, 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 of getting sober, you know, about going through 12 step programs. And, and, and we really wanted to put that information in here as well. So you have a lot of testimony from a lot of people that have had success. Uh, the main one being Bobby Joe. And you have a very educational version of what a person goes through when they decide, hey, I got to do something about my, my addiction and my alcoholism. Um, so we explored that. And I think you, uh, and, you know, somebody who doesn't know anything about it is going to learn a lot of what's going on with, a, with a, someone who struggles with this disease. Um, we learned so much and we learned a lot about faith. I mean, I can't, uh, I cannot step away from that. It's, it's all about believing that you can make something happen and having people believe in you and then believing in yourself. I mean, that's what's going on down there. There's a lot of people believe in, 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 a, in, in God and, and, and the higher power and what can, 
what can happen if you get yourself out of the way, <laughs> you know, and just think there's something bigger out there propelling us all. And I think what I learned most is that, um, well, Bobby Joe really allows people to um, discover who they are, what they're capable of, and that they really have a light inside of them that can shine and that they can really get their life back and they can really have purpose again. And they, you know, there's, there, there's a, an incredibly strong power out there. <laughs> if you tap into it, man, if you plug in um, and, and, and not have contempt, uh, you, you know, you see, I think people start to feel something and that, and Bobby Joe gets them, get, shows them that, that God can work miracles in their lives. I mean, that's just, that's what's going on. Um, and I sort of needed some proof of that myself. I mean, I think we all are seeking most of our lives for answers and Bobby Joe and what, and, and mama Judy and the people down there at healing house are just like, Hey man, you guys, there's, there's, there's a, there's a better life out there for you. There's a better life. And we can, it's one person talking to the other. I needed, I needed to have some proof through people and man, did I get a lot of proof throughout making this film? I got that testimony from a lot of people and they, they attribute a higher power to their, to their success. And I wanted to show that. And I believe these people were able to, to uh, express that and, and give a lot of proof that that's what's helping them get through their days. Well, I feel like this movie could have gone on and on and on forever. I don't know how you began to edit it down into what to include, because you're right, you featured so many other incredible people with their own individual stories. And I think part of the problem is that so many people lack empathy these days. And they look at somebody who's going through these struggles and just think they're trash. They're hopeless. They're helpless. They don't want to help themselves. And Bobby Joe doesn't look at them that way. She looks at them with all the potential that they have because she went through it and she knows. And you were able to bring that through on camera so beautifully. It was, I mean, I can almost tear up now just thinking about it because for me, I've always had that hope in people, but I haven't been through down that road. You know, thankfully for me, I didn't grow up with that life and have to go through those challenges. But to see these people, some of them at no fault of their own, or they just fell in with the wrong crowd, but to see them today and they're smiling and they're fulfilled and they're happy and they're giving back. Half of these people work with you, Bobby Joe. They don't leave you. They stay with you and they're helping take care of other people. And that is so powerful. And the fact that Brett and Donna had the forethought to say, this story needs to be told and, and did it in such an extraordinary way. I think it's going to change a lot of lives and a lot of outcomes that might've been different. And I know all of these people call you mom. Mm -hmm. So watching them go through this process with Brent and Donna and being interviewed and having their stories told and, and taking part in this, were you a proud mom during this entire process? Oh, of course. I, I, you know what? I am very much the mother. I am very protective over all my kids. I call them my kids. And sometimes they're six foot five tatted up guys that are my kids, but they're all my kids. <laughs> and it just, I, I mean, I will protect them like a mother bear. 
if I see something going on that's that's not right. And yes, I'm so proud. You know, literally people come into us and there's, I don't know if you've ever seen someone that there's no light behind their eyes and they're just kind of existing. And I literally get to see people being brought back to life. You start seeing, you know, they get to go to the clothing room and they get a few hot showers and some clean clothes on and, and then they start eating and, and it's like, then they start seeing that they, they have some value and some worth and they see I'm part of something now and it starts giving them this self-esteem and you literally, I mean, literally, I get to live around miracles every single day because I see this person that a week ago was really just almost physically dead, spiritually dead, emotionally bankrupt. And you see this spark start coming out. And then before you know it, you know, they're like, mom, I got a new job and I'm doing this. And, uh, you know, I've started to pay child support. It's just amazing. We do Christmas around here every year. Well, I'll tell you a great story. This kind of defines a lot of what we're about. Every Christmas we go out and uh, take out homeless bags, uh, backpacks with stuff in them. But in that backpack, there's a letter that says, you've been chosen by God today. And he wants you to know how precious you are in his sight. And he has a plan and a purpose for you. And so handwritten letter, but one, one year we had to stop uh, down at the store and I ran in to get a cup of coffee. And in one of the vans were six girls that had all been prostitutes in our area. Now, I didn't package them up that way. They were just all rolling together. So we're getting ready to go out and do this homeless Christmas thing. Sorry, Brent just got that. Anyway, so <laughs> anyway, so I'm coming out of the store, and here's a squad car next to the van with the six ex-prostitutes. I'm like, oh, no, how much bond money is this going to be, you know? And so uh, I start walking, and one of the girls yells and says, mom, he's calling for backup. And I'm like, oh no. And so I started walking across the lot and this big burly police officer said, are you the one they're calling mom? And I'm like, yes. And he grabs me and he gives me this great big hug. And he said, yeah, I'm calling for backup. He said, I, we thought all these women were dead. He said, we haven't seen him in so long. We thought the killer that was throwing the girls in the river we thought they were dead. And he said, lady, he said, not only are they not dead, but they're all chubby and passing out Bibles on Christmas morning. <laughs> he said, lady, today you have restored my faith. And he had the other officers come because I get goosebumps talking about this story um, because all they get to see is the bad stuff, the bad stuff. So he called the other patrol officers over there to see that these women were, were doing something positive in their life and they had changed their lives. And that's the stuff I get to live around every day. It's just, I'm so blessed. You know what? Everything that I went through in my life is nothing. Of course, that's not who I am today, but that is nothing compared to the life. If that's what I had to go through to get where I'm at today to help people, I'm honored to do that. Imagine taking a camera down and you start getting these stories and they start happening. And you're, I was sitting in, in the apartments with, with, with a young lady and she starts telling me her whole life story. 
and she says that her she had no you know she really had no family her family you know mom and dad were using drugs and she was on the street and she was struggling and she didn't know what a what um a real mom was she didn't know was she didn't know what her favorite color was she didn't know how to dress she didn't know what she liked what food i mean and then she's she's transformed her whole life because bobby joe opened her arms and, and gave her a hug and said honey i know what you've been through i've been through it we there's we can we can help you we can really help you and there's here's how we're going to do it and then the, everyone else, all the other girls that have been that, that have been through what she'd been through, that have gotten help, turn around and help her. Now imagine how powerful that support system is. And they're not going to let go of them either. They're not going to, you know, thirty days down the line, just like you're out. You know, it's it's a lifelong. These are lifelong relationships that are created. It's a family that they're building down there, and this family raises each other. And it's like how are communities i i believe how our communities are supposed to operate we shouldn't have anybody living in the streets you know just we should we should be helping those people and we we have the ability to help those people just look at look at what bobby joe's doing to help so many people so this problem shouldn't exist for us here in in so many cities in the u.s you know we should be doing what we can to help these people get the help that they need and and you know, rallying around them and finding that light inside of them, and, and, and letting them know that they can be loved too. Bobby Joe teaches these people to love themselves. A lot, a lot of times, the problem is that they don't love themselves because they've been beaten down, or they never knew what that love was. Now, so you get a little bit of love going, and it goes a long, long way. And really, it brings their whole life back. We all, we all have the ability to do that. I think we just need to get doing it. You know. When you were able to see the finished product, how did it make you feel? I cried, uh, especially the parts about Mama Judy. Um, but I thought that the overwhelming thought that came to me was, wow, this is amazing. This is going to help a lot of people. That was, um, that was my thought. And then you know, when I talked to other people, they said, this really in, makes me want to do more in my life. And what, what, what more could you want, you know, set of work that's going to help people and inspire people to do more. You know, uh, I, I very, they did such a great job with it all. And, and it wasn't a movie like exploiting anybody. It was a movie done so gracefully and and with mercy so that people could receive um, the message and it wants it done in a derogatory way it's just addiction the addiction we deal with and and that there's a way out and so I just thought it was beautiful they did a great job well and really quick I thought it was absolutely amazing that you got the police officer sharing his view on addiction that you know, it's not just somebody doing drugs and becoming addicted and going down the wrong path and all of that. It, it is something that takes over your life. That's and right. to hear that from a police officer who in some ways, you know, they get a bad rap for, you know, going after people on drugs and all of that stuff. But who you're working with seems really empathetic. And I think you've helped them understand in this community that there is a bigger issue here. And that's what you're helping right. to fix. So Brent and Donna, did you want to share anything about how you felt about it too? When, um, when we, 
it's been nice to get a little bit of space in between when we were right out of the edit and finishing the film and, and we were so deeply involved in all of the stories and all of the, um, all of the people that we interviewed that unfortunately did not make it into the film, that was a real challenge. And so it's taken a little bit of time for, for me personally to watch the movie and to not sort of hear those other voices chime in the way I, I remember them. And, you know, I watched the movie again the other day and it, it just, it brings back all of the emotion and all, I mean, I cry every time I watch it. Um, and I've watched it many times. It has a lot of power for me. And I just, I just, um, I mean, I attest that actually to, to, I mean, to obviously to the story, Bobby Joe's story, but also to my husband as a filmmaker, I think that he just had such uh, grace in handling the interviews and the footage and, and just really weaving together something that I think will, will inspire people and will change lives. <laughs> I'm just trying to impress her. <laughs> well job well done but really i mean that i mean she said it beautifully she really did brent you have an eye and an ear for this obviously and i know this is probably the first of its kind that you've done and you nailed it right out of the gate you really did i mean as somebody i consider myself someone who's a movie aficionado i watch documentaries like crazy i'm just fascinated about learning about people i couldn't take my eyes off the screen it was one story after another and tragedy and hope and all of it weaved into one. And you just, at the end of it, you're ready to do something. You're ready to help. Like suddenly you've been slapped in the face with this over hour and a half of reality and in my own community. I think that's why it hit me especially hard is this isn't unique to Kansas city. It goes on everywhere, but it's happening in my community. And I didn't know enough about it. And because of the two of you sharing her story, now I know and I want to be involved and I want to help. Um, so not even just helping from a standpoint of you're helping addicted people. Now you're going to have a community of people going, wait a minute, whoa, we didn't exactly have our eyes open to this. And we didn't know that this amazing woman was in our community sacrificing herself for all of this. The rest of us can step up. And, you know, the two of you really brought that to light. So thank you for doing that. It was extremely powerful. And Bobby Joe, can you tell people how we can help Healing House? Uh, in many ways, we, like I said earlier, we have 200 adults that live here and around 34 children. There's always projects going on where uh, we have a bunch of old houses. So there's always upkeep and painting and uh, yard work. Uh, and also, you know, GED teachers that could help with our folks that don't have GEDs. So it's a spectrum. Um, also, we take, you know, furnish, nice furnish, uh, furnishings, clothing, uh, just everything. A lot of our people come in with a price chopper bag or a trash bag with everything they own in it. And so it's, uh, we build them up from the floor up is what I'd like to say is because they need everything. And so, of course, always financial because we continue to grow. Uh, COVID has been a stretch for us. It's uh, changed a lot of the way we operate. And so we just tried to continue to roll with the punches. But um, our website is uh, healinghouseinc.org. And uh, you could go to our website. We have services. I think one of the things I might 
want to say too is uh, family members that might have a loved one that has an addiction. You know, most of the people that are addicts, we don't have health insurance to go to a, a high price fifty fifty thousand uh, dollar treatment center. There is free help for people out there. I mean, people come to our door with nothing. And half the time they don't even have driver's license or ID or anything. And so I just want people to know there are community resources out there for folks to go to. And uh, we're here to help. That's what we do. And there's uh, a lot of other agencies. We never leave anybody walking away without some type of help ever. We want to get people to where they need to be and for them to regain their life better than ever. You can tell you've been doing this a long time. You just, and everything comes so easy. Everything is just, you're just you. You are authentically you. That's why you're my new favorite person. Um, I ask all of my guests these next three questions. So any of you or all of you can answer, it's up to you. How do you handle criticism? I'm totally good with it. Because uh, you know what? I, I was my own worst critic for so many years. Honey, if you don't like me, uh, sorry about your luck. I'm going to keep on rolling. You know, uh, I don't have time for that mess. And uh, sometimes somebody will say something bad and on Facebook or, or something about Healing House. And But here's what I know in my heart. If anybody is ever asked to leave here, it's not because of me. It's because of them and their unwillingness to do what they need to do. You know, they weren't willing or they weren't ready to give up some of the things that were hindering them. So, you know what? I just don't have time for it. It really doesn't affect me. I know who I am today and I love me and God loves me and I'm precious in his sight. And uh, it says we're wonderfully and perfectly made. You know what, I look in the mirror, I'm a chubby middle-aged woman, but boy, I love me today. Because you know what, it's the Lord's spirit that dwells in me. And, and so, sorry about your luck if you don't like me. I'm gonna love you anyway. <laughs> oh my God, Brett and Donna, this is the energy you got to work with every day. I just okay. don't even know what I would do. I mean, I am just on a high right now, a complete oh. and utter high. That's good. I'd answer that question a little different. Um, I just, I mean, if I was to be very honest at first, I'm like, what, you know, but I'm using uh, a lot of things I've learned over the last couple of years. And, and, and especially with Bobby Joe that, you know what, uh, that's that, that's that person's that's opinion. Their that's their thing. There's nothing I can really do about that. I just try to do the best I can today and keep on rocking because if I let the other people's criticism take criticism take me down I would have never finished the film you know I would yeah. never even tried to do it I wouldn't even have, have ventured out out and, and try to tackle anything you know you gotta go out and go out and get it and man you are gonna get criticized and judged and everything else and you just keep on rolling you know so I I, I just have I just have to keep that ball rolling and yeah you're if you go out and stick your neck out you're gonna you're gonna get criticized so just believe in yourself and keep on rocking is what I got to do. And that's, I, I get a lot of help from my wife. I got a lot of help from Bobby Joe now and I surround myself with good people. So we, we can, we propel each other. That's right. Donna's like ditto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What inspires you? 
I'm inspired by, I, I'm truly inspired by other people and what other people are doing. I, I'm always seeking out. I'm so interested. I love, I'm reading news constantly, magazines, whatever I can. I'm, I'm fascinated with what, you know, inspires others. And I, I find that I get a charge off of that. And, and I mean, I, I'm inspired by all kinds of things in, in nature and science. And, and I've tried to instill that in my children. It's like, whatever it is, just, you know, just, just more information, get more information and, and ask other people, you know, what are you doing? What, what's going on with you? Because it just, I don't know, that just kind of just lights me up learning about what other people are doing and what inspires them. I'm inspired by people with courage and, and, and then willingness to stick their neck out. And, and Donna and Bobby Joe are the people that I've, uh, my whole crew, my, my, I mean, let, I mean, other people say this all the time, but I doing an independent film like this takes a lot of people giving of themselves and they're not, you know, we didn't have a huge budget or anything. And, and people, um, that rally around something that's good and something that's positive and, uh, and have supported. I, I'm inspired by other human beings and people that have rallied around me. That inspires me. There's a lot of people that I owe favors to throughout my life. And, um, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to pay them back. And those people do inspire me a lot. You know, I mean, just giving people giving of themselves. I mean, I ask, I ask a lot of favors to make this film, you know, I was like, I don't have much to pay you, um, but we're doing this thing and I need you for a couple hours to do this. And, and, and people would come out, you know, and they'd hear these stories. And, and I was inspired by the, all those people that rallied around us. And then I was inspired by the, 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 the people who changed at down at healing house who had, said, you know what, I'm going to do this and made a decision. It, it, yeah, they stuck their neck out to change their lives. So, and that takes courage. So short answer, courage. And me, my inspiration, of course, is, is going to be God. He continues to lead and show me. I have a, a board of directors and I really drive them crazy. Uh, when I was a cowboy all on my own, just doing this or that. <laughs> Now I have to ask people if it's okay, but uh, they always say, I'm like, God told me we're supposed to do this, this, and this. And um, they're like, but we don't have any money to do that. And I'm like, but God does. And I know he's nudging my heart to do this. And so they just kind of, they go with me uh, along the journey and the folks that I get to see, um, uh, you know, it's so inspirational when you see somebody coming in and they just feel so broken that they don't think that anything can happen. And just to encourage, it inspires me to help people even more so. And, uh, you know, the miracles, it just, my life is an inspiration. That's what I'm all about. I mean, God is, inspires me to keep moving every day and not just moderately. Uh, we, we always were joking. We almost called the movie God Juice. And we figured people might not get that or they might take it wrong. But they're always like, how do you have all this energy all the time? And I'm like, it's God Juice. And, and, and I mean that. It's like he fills me up with this passion of just 
going for it, man. And I go hard and he's right. They had to chase me around because <laughs> I'm on fire every day just to help as much as I can in this world. And I'm going to keep doing that till the Lord takes me home. Yeah, it's obvious you have one speed and it's go as fast as humanly possible in that direction. Get out of my way. (laughs) Got one final question. What is your personal mantra that you say to yourself that keeps you going every day? I know mine. I'll say mine while Brent's thinking. Another day in paradise. (laughs) And I'll say that if something's flooding and something's burning over here and somebody like, Another day in paradise, kids. Let's rock. <laughs> you want me to follow that? See, I'm supposed to follow. I'm, I'm second to that. How do I follow that? Sorry. I'm just going to ride it. I'm going to ride in Bobby Joe's wake. How about that? I just, you know, find people like, I'm going to be hanging out with you for the rest of my life, Bobby Joe. I hope you know. I'm totally good with that. <laughs> totally I mean, good. come on. So where do you think I get my inspiration? <laughs> it's obvious. <laughs> well, um, Bobby Joe, you've lived an extraordinary life and your story needed to be shared in this grand way in order to inspire others. And you're an example of how we all should be living in service to others. And Brent and Donna, the two of you, along with Bobby Joe and your entire crew, created this tragically beautiful piece And I know it's going to affect everyone who sees it and hopefully propel them to take some action in their own lives. So thank you so much for talking with me today. And I encourage everyone to watch Bobby Joe Under the Influence and reflect on your own life. Are you doing all you can to serve others? And if not, I bet Bobby Joe can put you to work. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with my listeners? Thanks for having us. This has been a blast. I really have enjoyed it so much. So thank you. And we're excited about everybody seeing this uh, this movie and really catch it on fire. You know, we want everybody to get stirred up and, and really get excited about doing something more in their life. Absolutely. Yes. Please share the movie, watch the movie, share the movie, talk about it with your friends and family. You know, we don't have a big Disney budget to, to market it and spread the news across the country. We're doing our best. So um, really, there's a lot of ways of helping of just, you know, sharing this with your friends and family and talking about the movie and uh, putting it in your in your card or in your wish list on on your streaming platform. Yeah, helping us out. Well, that's my mission. We're going to get as many people to see it as possible because I know what it did for me and I know it will do the same for others. So thanks again. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you. Right. You're, you're wonderful. Thank, thank you, you so much. Yes, thank, thank you. you. Remember, your thoughts become your reality. You have all you need to begin to make your dreams come true. Dream it, believe it, manifest it. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you again soon.